Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat. Happy Mother's Day. Look at this sermon title with me. You ready? This is great. This is good. I'm telling you. The sermon your mama wants you to hear. Huh? Nothing? The mamas are like, uh huh. Finally. Finally. None of this Judges chapter 4. No. The sermon your mama wants you to hear. The sermon your mama wants you to hear. Long title, not trickery, very upfront. This is for your kids. All right? Mamas are like, yeah, good, good, good. I'm expecting a lot of amens from the ladies in the room. Your mom wants you to hear, believe, and obey God. Okay, thank you, thank you. Man, moms are good at listening. Uh, you say, what, what parts? Maybe they want all of it for you. They want you to hear God, believe God, and obey God. I, I, you said, well, I thought, I thought we were going to hear a sermon today. You said Mother's Day sermon. I thought we were going to hear, you know, a nice flowery sermon about women in the Bible. Now, you got the flowered shirt, but you got a sermon for your kids. Okay, that's what you're getting. That's what you're getting. Too bad if it's not what you want. Or maybe, you know, some verses on caring and loving. Listen, you've got an awesome mom. They're going to teach you all about that. I'm going to teach you what they want you to hear, right? So that's really got me thinking because I was like, like, yeah, we could do that. But I feel like we've covered Ruth. That was awesome. Uh, we got Judge Debbie. Remember her? Awesome women in the Bible. But I'm like, this is one of our highest attended services of the year because kids come to church with their mom. They're like, what do you want me to get you this year? I want you to come to church with me. That's what they say. Why would that be so important to them? Well, because they want you to hear, believe, and obey God. They know how valuable that is in your life. But before I get to the actual content, I want to say this. Moms, you're awesome. You are incredible. Moms are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. They love you. If you're here with your mom, just turn to them and say, don't say I love you. Say, I know you love me. I know you love me because I know me. Okay? I know me. I'm glad you came to church with them. I wish I could be at church with my mom today. I can't. She doesn't live here. She lives in Florida. So everybody do me a big favor because mom watches church as she's getting ready to go to her church. She watches our church. So everybody, please with me, just say, Happy Mother's Day, Betty. Could you just do that for me? One, two, three. Happy Mother's Day, Betty. That's right. My mom's name is Betty White, and she lives in Florida. You can't get better than that. That's good. Okay, you ready? I'm going to be short and sweet today, just for you. Last week was a lot. This week is a lot, but it's shorter, okay? Mamas want you to hear about the truth. They want you to hear about the truth. Do you think our culture... As redefined truth. Some of you are like, I don't know, I'm not going to raise my hand on that. We hear about truth a lot. We hear about the word truth a lot. We say the word truth a lot. We got some phrases in our vernacular that we use that has the word truth a lot. See if you can finish this one. I swear to tell the truth. Some of you have been to court. Some of you are like, oh no, mom's with me. I don't know how I knew that. I watch a lot of Law and Order. Okay, how about this? Uh, to, you ever heard this phrase? To tell you the truth. You heard that one? Or it's partner, to be honest. I hate oh, man, I love when people say that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Lie to me. Lie to me. I'm probably going to prefer it. <laughs> how about in the Bible? We hear this a lot. See if you can finish this one. Truly, truly. You all knew the court one better than that one. Y'all need to start watching some different programs. Okay, how about true or false tests? Do you like those? I don't, actually, because I don't like my chances on that. But, okay, true or false, I'm going to give you one. Uh, here it is. True or false, uh, you pronounce the capital of Kentucky 
Louisville, not Louisville. Who thinks that's false? That is false. You pronounce the capital of Kentucky, Frankfurt. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Worked that one in for you today, just in case you didn't know I'm from Eastern Kentucky. And Louisville's not in Eastern Kentucky. That's more Central Kentucky. Okay, so listen, your parents have taught you truth. You've got all the truth you need, right? Oh, yeah. So let's find out what the Bible has to say about truth. Like, what, how does truth change our life? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to have a good time, but we're going to start right here. We're going to pray right now. Why don't you close your eyes? If you're new to church, we do this a lot, okay? So just get used to this. Close your eyes. People are probably looking around because they just don't want to do it. And you just say, you just say right now, God, open my heart to your truth. You can say it out loud if you want. Open my heart to your truth. Then ask, what do you want to show me about your truth? That's good. You can open your eyes. John 18 says this. Pilate said to him, this is at the end of of the Jesus narrative. He's about to go to the cross. Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Which is a loaded question, right? There's There's a question mark there. So you're a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. You say it. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the, everybody with me? Truth. Everyone who is of truth listens to my voice. Your moms want you to know that more than anything in the world. They want you to know that more than anything you could possibly imagine. Is that everyone who is of truth listens to my voice. Now we can break that down all day. We're not going to, but I'm going to tell you quickly. If you want to be in truth, what must you be? Listening. To who? His voice. Now, do you just want to know about truth or do you actually want to walk in truth? Do you want to live in truth? Do we want to put legs on this truth and run out of here today filled with truth? Who wants to do that? Because truth matters and it determines a whole lot of other things in your life. Remember, this, this is the sermon your mama wants you to hear. The truth matters and it determines just pretty much everything else in your life. One of the things it determines is this. What you believe determines how you behave. That's a good spot. The mom's in the room could amen that. Okay, I'm going to do it again. What you believe determines how you behave. Amen. Amen. Thank you. A statement like that is tricky because sometimes we can believe the wrong thing and behave the wrong way. You ever do that? I've told you about my friend before who had a little succulent plant. Do you remember this story? Some of you are like, we've heard this before. Well, I've seen you wear that before. So (laughs) it's okay. It's okay. Good, good clothes you want to repeat, all right? So uh, I, I had a buddy who had a little succulent plant, and he was so diligent with this little succulent plant. Do you know what a little succulent plant is? Who's just tired of me saying succulent, all right? It's a fun word. It's got some sounds that I like. So every day he'd go over, he had it in his little, little uh, uh, window, and he'd put a little bit of water in it because it doesn't need a lot of water. They're hardy, okay? And he would, he would water it. He took really good care of it. We kind of made fun of it. But when we all moved one day, and he went to move the plant, And guess what? He picked the plant up and determined it's plastic. (laughs) My friend had been watering a fake plant. Diligent, though. Like, every day, I'm going to make sure this plant makes it. Now, his belief determined how he behaved. Am I right? I know I'm right. But his belief was wrong. 
But he worked hard. Now, here's the kicker, and he didn't do this. Here's the kicker. What if my friend had kept watering that plant? Who would say, he understands truth? <laughs> no. Now, he didn't do that. He kept the plant because we thought it was hilarious. No way we're letting him throw that away. When you see that what you're believing is fake, do you still behave as if it's real? Do you or don't you? We do this in our life, right? With much higher stakes than a fake plant. Where does my behavior come from? John 8 says, you are of your father, the devil. Some of you are like, that's a great Mother's Day text. <laughs> that, it took you a second. All right. I told you we were going to have some fun. You are of your father, the devil. This is actually a very serious verse. And your will is to do your father's desires. And then it goes on. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar. He is the father of lies. Now, this is the evil one. This is the devil. And what does it say? What is his behavior? What is his system? It's made up of a couple things. It says it in that verse. What, what kind of things? How does the devil operate? How does he behave? Holler him out. What does he do? Lies. lies. What else? Murders. That, that is his first language. That is his native language. Everything he says is a lie and it's murderous and he's out to get you. So moms, if you're here with your kids, just know the devil hadn't forgot about them. Oh, maybe because they're too little. No, no, no. That's when he loves to get them. The devil's mean, okay? He's he probably not going to come after you. Well seasoned. Knows the truth. He's going to come after them when they're forming the truth. When they're figuring out left and right. You know, you know what I've noticed is that... Um, the, the evil one, I don't give him a lot of credit, but I'll say this. He's good at lying. He's good at lying. You know why? Because it sounds true. It sounds like it could be true. It's rare that a lie fools me that is, like, stupid. Like, I'll be honest with you, when I get the email saying that if I invest in cryptocurrency with these people in some other place that I've never heard of and they can't even spell my name right, I don't, like, run to my bank account. I don't fall for that, you know, because to me that's, that's like, oh, obviously, and why would they come to me for money, you know what I mean? Like, they obviously don't know me very well. It's like when I get invited to a fundraiser, I'm like, eh, I don't know, like, have we met? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. But, but often we're so steeped in the lie that we begin to believe it. It's, it's the lies that sound true. It's the fake plastic plants that look real. He's tricky. Have you ever had a lie told you that's wrapped up in truth? Like it's just 99% real? But that 1%, right? All of Satan's lies can basically be boiled down to, to this. Ready? Believe in this and you will get. Believe in this and you will get. And what will I get? It's actually good things, right? Believe in this. Let me give you something other than God, other than Jesus, other than the Holy Spirit to follow. Believe in those things and you will get power. Who wants power? You won't be weak, do you? You guys are afraid to vote. Thank you. Uh, how about this? How about this? Who wants stability? Do you want to know where your next meal comes from? I do. Who wants uh, security? Safety? Peace. And so the devil, Satan, the father of lies, will present something to you 
that is false, but it's got just enough truth in it that you think if I do this, it will get me power, stability, security, safety, all those wonderful things. And he promises that you, that to you, but that is where they disappoint you. Because you then begin behaving in such a way that if I believe that, my behavior will dictate that, but it will lead to disappointment. Here's what, here's what it may sound like. God can't offer you that, but this can. He'll say, we know you want power, stability, security, all those things, things that actually God promises you. I, I know God can offer that to you, but I can give it to you better or quicker. In fact, go to anything to get those. Just don't go to God. So we behave in a certain way because we believe in a certain way. Let me give you some, some examples. If I believe that, uh, I picked, I think, three here. Maybe four, I can't remember. If I believe that money will bring me more power and security, I will behave in such a way that directs my life to get more of what? Money. That's easy to put that together, right? How about this? If I believe that my reputation will bring me power, stability, and security, I will, I will behave in such a way that does what? That, that protects my reputation in any way. And what we found is in our lives, we work really hard at those things. It's kind of like water in the plastic plant, quite honestly. I mean, he was getting good results. It wasn't growing. But cyclists don't grow that fast. So let me just ask you, is it, is it possible that what you believe is a lie? Is it possible? In fact, I'm going to ask you to pray right now. Just pray right now. We're not done. We're going to pray through this thing, right? Pray right now. Ask God, what does my behavior say about what I believe? Just ask him to show you. And here in a few minutes, we're going to ask God a bunch of questions to kind of bring all this together for us. You just say, close your eyes, right? What is God? God, what does my behavior say about what I believe? Am I falling for a lie? What I believe determines how I behave. Second thing. What you believe determines what you worship. What you believe determines what you worship. Your mamas want you to know that you to worship God. Do you know how they know that? God told them that. And from what I can tell, they got a direct line, all right? We do too, but on Mother's Day, it's like they got a more direct. <laughs> Romans 1.25, here's what happens. Here's what happens. If you want to believe and be determined, if you want your worship to be determined by what you believe, then look at Romans 1.25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Stop right there. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Now, in order to exchange something, what must you first have? It. Right? You can't exchange something you don't have. They had the truth. It's presented to them. It was given to them. Some of you, you've got the truth. It is right there. It's in the palm of your hand. And maybe you're like them. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, what did they do? They worshiped and served created things rather than what? The creator. 
Now, I know those are in all caps, but I'll bet in your Bible the C is even a bigger C, okay? Who is blessed forever? Amen. Now, I want you to hear this. Satan, here's his plan for your life. You ready? I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. Some of y'all thought, I didn't think we were going to get Satan's plan for my life today. Here it is. Exchange the truth that you know about God for a lie. Exchange it. He's not denying that you have it. Just get rid of it. That's not serving you very well. That's it. They exchange the truth for a what? A lie. What does that even mean? Exchange. Like, okay, like, have you ever gotten a gift and you didn't like it? Nobody? You're 100%. Wow. Incredible. People say I'm hard to buy for. You guys are the easiest people to buy for. Maybe you only start getting me some stuff. I'll show you. That's how you do it. Now, what do you do when you get a thing you don't like? You exchange it. Do you remember back in the day, you get a shirt, and you'd have to, like, fake that you liked it for a little bit? For a little bit, right? And then, like, when enough time had passed, you go exchange it for the one you really wanted. That is what this is going on here, right? Here's this awesome gift. Here's the truth. But they exchanged it for something else. And the thing they exchanged it for was a lie. They had worshipped God. I hope you can put this together. They had worshipped God, but gave it away to look for something else. You say, man, we're, I worship God, but I want to exchange that. That's not doing it for me. So, quite honestly, we're either worshiping God or we're worshiping something else. Some of you say, well, I don't worship other things, but, but you do. You do. You, you, you try. Some of us try this. I've tried this. You try to worship both. But that, that doesn't even work. You can't worship two things. I can't worship one thing and also worship the other thing. In fact, I'm probably not worshiping either thing. You either worship God or you don't. There's no third option. And we can easily begin to form an identity around the thing that we value the most. I just want to dig in on that, right? Because that, that's, like, that's a pretty, pretty big charged word, honestly, in our society right now. This identity. How do you identify? And we kind of attach our truth to everything. I'm not even talking about the controversial stuff, though that's certainly one area we do it. We say, well, what's your true identity? Well, my, my true identity is what I make it out to be. You, let me just tell you, if that is you, you've exchanged the truth for a lie. I don't get to determine that. Truth is fixed. Truth is God. And we take good things and we make them God things. And maybe, maybe it is a good thing, right? I mean, I've got a few examples. Let me, let me see if you can know what they are. Like some of you may say, you know what? I, 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 you don't just dance. You're a dancer. That's, that's pretty, it didn't really mean much, right? Like I, I love that. But I'm saying my point here is that you've taken a thing you do and you've made it who you are. Some of you don't play video games. You're what? A gamer. You've taken a thing you do, maybe a good thing. I don't know. And you've made it who you are. Some of you say you don't just paint or draw or act in plays. You're a artist. That's who I am. That's my identity. That is who I want to become. You don't just enjoy a good meal. You're a what? I was going to say foodie. I think chef is more of an occupation. Whatever. And I don't like the gastro words. Those are just weird to me. So foodie, right? And we can easily begin to form an identity around these things that we do. And that becomes who we are. And I'm just telling you if, you, if you trail that out too far, it'll lead to disappointment. 
Because you put all of your thoughts, all of your hopes, all of your dreams into this thing that's maybe a good thing. And you make it who you are. And the thing that we worship, or excuse me, what we believe determines what we worship. And so we begin to take a good thing and we begin to worship that thing. And we begin to make that our God. And it becomes everything in our life. It becomes the totality of who we are. I think I've told you before, I met a guy once, a homeless guy, right? He showed up in my office, not here in North Carolina. He was passing through and, and I met him once and I'm like, good grief, man, what's going on? How are you today? You know, I used to love meeting with these guys. And uh, he was a really interesting guy, I'll be honest with you. And uh, he had an incredible story. And I said, what, what brings you to my office today? And he said, I used to be on, do you guys remember this guy? I told you about him before. I used to be on the PGA tour. Do you guys know what the PGA is? It's, it means you get paid to play golf. That's incredible. Who gets those jobs? Not that many people. This guy was one of them. He was on the tour, had his card, everything. And I said, dude, I got to cut you straight. If you were on the PGA Tour, why are you living in your car? Can you just help me understand that? He said, well, I had stomach surgery about five years ago, and I can't swing a golf club anymore. And I had put my entire life into being a professional golfer. And when that was taken away, and he, he tried to pull his shirt up and show me, and I was like, I believe you. <laughs> when, when that was taken away from me, I died. My entire identity was wrapped up in this person that I was trying to be. And now I don't have anything. And some of you are like, well, that's a sad story. He should have diversified. That's not my point. <laughs> my point is this. When the thing you do becomes the totality of your existence and you allow it to become your identity, you will worship that thing. And when anything comes in the way of that thing, you will actually even begin to protect it. And eventually, even though it's hard for you to see this right now, it will destroy you. Because it's not God. It's not God. God wants to be the only God in your life. And when you exchange the truth of God for anything else, you worship that thing and it's idolatry. It is idolatry. What you are choosing to worship over God, have you exchanged that? Can we just ask God? Maybe you have. Maybe you're not on the PGA Tour right now. And this isn't a knock against having hobbies. What I'm saying is, what are you worshiping? Just close your eyes. Ask God right now. Hey, God, what, what have I exchanged? Am I exchanging your truth for something? Am I trying to be something that you haven't told me I'm to be? Is there something in my life that if that was taken away, my life would be over? God, have I exchanged who you are and given myself an identity other than son or daughter of you? I told you it would be quick, so we're going to move on. What should we do with this stuff we're hearing? What are, we, what are we supposed to do with that? So I, I wrote out a truth statement for us. You ready? Uh, I will believe truth, and truth will set me free. See, free from what? Free from bondage. Free from thinking I got to do it. Free from thinking I got to be it. Free from anything other than God is my Father and Jesus is my Savior. 
You say, you want truth? Anybody want truth? Here's the truth. You ready? Truth is a person. Truth is a person. It's not some abstract idea that we can't ever understand. No, we can. We can. Truth is a person. He has a name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And, and it even says in John 5, uh, excuse me, 14, 6, little first part, I, that, that's Jesus, okay? I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except what? Through me. Who's the me? Mm-hmm. So what am I supposed to do with that? Because when you begin to believe this, guess what it changes? Your behavior. It changes what you worship. Okay, how about this? Uh, It's Mother's Day in here. Uh, Who wants life? You guys like life? You want some life? All right, well, this is how you get it. That's how you do it. Uh, Okay, do do you want to be with God forever? Yeah, we scored it. This is how you get it, all right? Do, Do you want to know the way to do that? This is how you do it. This is it. Jesus says, if you want life and you want to be with God forever and you want to know the way to get it, he stands in front of you and he says, I'm it. I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So why then do so many people make up their own way, their own truth, their own life? Seriously, why? Do we just think we're better at it? Are we so arrogant that we think we're better at this than the creator of everything? I mean, what did Jesus come to do? He knew we would struggle with this. He knew we would struggle with finding our way or figuring it out. He knew we would do that. So he even says in Luke 4, why he came, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed. So what sort of things do we see Jesus coming here to do? We just look at that verse alone. We're like, man, I need to know the way, the truth, and the life. Why? Because this is what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm poor. Oh, I, I may have a big bank account. Guess what? When I die, that, that goes away. I'm not rich. Oh, man, I'm not captive. Yes, you are. You're so in bondage, you don't even know you're in bondage. You're, just look at what you're doing, right? Oh, man, I liberate the oppressed. How am I oppressed? Because I have, there's an entity alive and real in this realm that seeks to murder you and only lie to you. Does that sound like oppression? And it does to me. Even, you know, honestly, uh, even, even if you hate Christianity, even if you're in here today just because mom made you come, even if you hate Christianity, you have to at least at a minimum see that Jesus was on a pretty spectacular mission. I mean, he was on a truth mission. And you can be too. In John 8, it says, And you will know the truth, which is Jesus, and the truth will set you free. You want to be free? You want to live in truth? Do you want to be one of the ones that Jesus came and said, I came to set you at liberty, to set you free. I came to uncover your eyes. You're blind. Even though we argue with him. And so many of us, we hear that and we think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm locked into what I am. This is what I am. This is it. This is who I am. Let me tell you a little story about elephants. You guys like elephants? Aren't they cute? You like elephants with the things and the feet and they eat the peanuts at the circus I think I don't know maybe that's a thing but did you know when when elephants are are really small they they put them into bondage to train them to know that they're in bondage and that little cute elephant it grows up doesn't it you ever seen a big elephant 
I brought one in today. It's gonna if we just be really quiet. No, they're too. They're big. They're huge. They twenty four thousand pounds. Is what an elephant weighs. Their shoulder height's thirteen feet. So a basketball goal, the rim three feet above that. That's how tall we're talking. It's like taking four Chevy Suburbans and just stacking them up. That's an elephant. How do they keep them from killing everybody? That's the question, right? Well, they train them. When they're a little baby elephant, they put a big heavy chain around their leg. And that little baby elephant tries as hard as it can to get out of that chain, but it can't. And eventually, they lower the chain, they small the chain, they get it because the elephant gets bigger and bigger and bigger because he learns what? I can't get out. And did you know that by the time there are four Chevy Suburbans sitting on top of each other, 24,000 pounds at 13 feet, that they're held down by a little peg and a string? Why? Because they believe that they're in bondage. So some of you that are arguing with God right now saying, this is just the way I am. This is just who I am. You are being held down by a little peg and a string. And you don't even know it. And the devil who is lying to you every second of the day, do you know what he's saying? This is your life. This is your life. This is the way it's going to be. Don't even try to get out of it. Because you know you can't. You've tried before. Hey, you had addiction in your past. You'll probably have again in your future. Oh, all your relationships end up like that. They probably will again. That's what he tells you over and over and over until eventually you don't even try. Because you believe that you're being held down. And Jesus came to say what? That's not true. That is absolutely not true. I came for the oppressed, he says. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. So I don't know about you, but if I need a truth statement for the day, it'd be this. I will believe truth and truth will set me free. I don't have to live in bondage. I don't have to live believing those lies. I can be free. And so I'm going to ask you right now to close your eyes, bow your head, and we're just going to talk to God. Just ask him again. Here's some of the things you've already asked. What does my behavior say about what I believe? Have I given up? Am I falling for a lie right now? What did I exchange for God's truth? I want to pray that with you right now. I'm going to ask you, our, our band is coming up, our team is coming up, but just, man, let's just get as, as intimate as you can in a room full of people. And you just ask God to reveal that to you. Reveal it right now. Holy Spirit, you may say, well, I'm not a believer. I don't think I'm allowed to talk to him. You are allowed to talk to him, and he's been talking to you a while. So he'll be happy to hear your voice. You say, Holy Spirit, have I exchanged any truth for a lie? What's my little peg and string? And as we're praying through that, I'm just going to ask you to, let's, let's take those things. I think God's going to work pretty quick. We're going to take those things right to the Father because he, he knows you fell for it. He knows that. And that's why he set truth in front of you today. The truth has a name. It's Jesus. He is the way. He's the path to freedom. And so we start with repentance. Do you know what repent means? It's pretty simple to remember. It just means you turn around. 
It means you stop believing what you believed. If you're the elephant, it means you actually pull your foot up and notice that the peg can't hold you down. You thought it could, but it can't. And you may, you know what? I bet if, if I was an elephant, I bet I'd feel pretty stupid. But that's another lie of the devil. Everybody's going to know you fell for it. Everybody's going to know. So we go to God and we say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for believing a lie. I'm sorry for exchanging the truth. And you ask for forgiveness. And as we're working through that, I think it's good to renounce the lie. Somebody say revoke, renounce. It could be as easily as Jesus, in your truth, I will no longer believe whatever the lie was that you've been believing. I'll no longer believe I'm no good. I'll no longer believe I'm weak. I'll no longer believe that I have to have that in my life. I'll no longer chase that. I'll no longer believe those things. And as you've asked for forgiveness, you then receive forgiveness, knowing how much he loves you. And as we're praying through that, I just want you to know you've, you're part of a church where people come to Christ. We baptize a lot of people. A lot of people give their life to Jesus, sometimes in here, sometimes in pizza shops, on our parking lots. People come to Christ. And if I was sitting with you right now, I would, I would ask you, if, do, do you know whether you're going to be in heaven forever or not? Do you know that? If I was sitting right with you, I might even say, what, what lie are you trusting? Just, just be honest with me, you know? What lie are you trusting? What are you believing will save you right now? And if you told me anything other than Jesus, I would walk you through a plan of salvation. And I would say, Jesus has something greater for you than that thing. And today, he's saying, you can leave those lies behind. I would even ask you, by faith today, do you want to give your life to Jesus? Do you want to receive the truth of Jesus? Because the Bible says, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life, that I too could have eternal life with him. I would tell you that. If you said yes to all those things, I would say, amen, hallelujah. Do you want me to walk you through a prayer? The prayer in what is going to save you, but man, it's going to put a stamp on this moment. Because it's about to change your entire eternity, starting right now. And I would say, just pray this with me right now. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you came in humility for me. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you were buried in a grave for me. And today, I believe in you. Today, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and I will follow you from this day forward. Amen. And if if any of you even here today prayed that, please let us know. Let us know so we can help you on the next steps. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.